Welcome to Downstage, the podcast of the San Diego Theater Critics Circle. I'm David Cotton. Hey guys, and I'm Alejandra Enciso Dardashti, and we have an, a very special guest today, Kevin Black's Burroughs, lighting designer, artistic director, choreographer extraordinaire, and a certain type of knife he likes to uh, hi, how are you? Welcome. Welcome to Downstage. I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, Saturday, I think. I don't know. I don't know what day it is anymore. <laughs> You're in that stage of life? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Kevin, I think you described yourself as a theatrical Swiss army knife. I did. Good metaphor. Someone, someone said it once and I said, that is a perfect analogy of myself. <laughs> Does that keep you from, from ever getting bored and always being energized? Oh God, no! <laughs> it's it's a uh, there's there's a new blade or a new tool with every show that I do that I, I like. Oh, like oh, this is a new thing that I have to do that I've learned now. So uh, I guess I'll uh, make that work. <laughs> yeah, but you learn them well. I mean, that's the other thing, right? I mean, we can all learn, but yeah. there's learning, and then there's you know what you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Do you have a, a favorite? Because they're so different oh. amongst each other. Um, that's so, it's, well, this is gonna sound crazy, but performing is last, actually. Um, I started off, uh, started off as a performer, but uh, I found choreography and I was like, ooh, this is fun. Then I found direction. I was like, ooh, this is funner, more fun, whatever the word is. And then I taught myself how to do lighting design, um, YouTube and, questions asking people other colleagues stuff like that and just trial and error um i think lighting and direction is like my favorite combination um if i had to choose but it's it's really hard because even then there's some shows that i'm like when i'm on stage like oh this is the greatest feeling in the world oh my gosh um but seeing uh, my vision come to life is a lot more fulfilling i think in my own opinion to myself <laughs> kevin was it was it dance that first brought you into theater and first interested you no i was actually uh as a wee bit laddie <laughs> um i did youth theater with my parents church and youth groups and stuff like that um because you know what child isn't forced to do things <laughs> you know um and so then i was kind of like but backtrack my family is a very musical family. We all sing, we all act, we all sort of dance, I guess, maybe. Um, so it was kind of literally in my blood. So I had to, without a choice. <laughs> um, so as a child, I was singing, quote unquote, or um, making some moves out of my body and dancing to music, whatever like that. That's a great way to put that. Um, and then I kind of got bored with it. I went on to do instrumental music. I played saxophone for five and a half years. Um, got bored with that, went back to choral music, like legitimate classical singing with some jazz in there, got bored with that, went back to theater. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Um, I got the the theater bug uh, in 2010 at the San Diego Repertory Theater's Hairspray. That's what like clicked for me again. I was like, oh, this is what it's like on a professional level. I'm set. I'm not doing anything else in my life. Um, and then it kind of just spiraled from there, doing shows and then being asked to choreograph shows and then being asked to direct shows and then having no lighting designer. And I said, well, I like lighting. I'll figure it out. And so I figured it out <laughs> in a sense. Oh my God. And then now it's been 
escalating, let's say, um, a little bit because you're everywhere, but <laughs> now you have, well, now, not now, but you have like specific roles in specific theater companies, mm -hmm. right? So you're in Teatro San Diego, you're lighting designer. I'm the resident lighting designer, production manager, co-founder, and our current artistic director. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm done now. I'm leaving. <laughs> and, uh, and then now with um, Oceanside also. Yes. Oceanside. Uh, theater company. Theater we, company. Uh, I am the associate artistic director. How did that come about? What, what, what's that deal? <laughs> it it kind of came out of nowhere, to be honest. Um, uh, so during COVID, uh, Teatro San Diego, we did a streamed version of Songs for New World. Um, we filmed it at Onstage Playhouse. Love them. All of you in my heart. Um, and Ted at OTC saw the stream. And a year later, he said, why don't we collaborate, do this production again, but in front of a live audience? And of course, me being me, I'm going to say, absolutely. Yes. There's no way to say no to that. Uh, what an opportunity for us to have a one of our first shows in person, you know. Um, so we did a collaboration with, with OTC. It was a great production. It was a great opportunity for us as a company to you know, show who we are in front of a live audience, not just on a stream. Um, so we did that. I made some connections with people at OTC. Um, a couple years later, I get a message from Alex Goodman, the managing director, saying, hey, can we have lunch or breakfast or something? And I was like, sure. Thinking, oh, I'm thinking like this is going to be just another, let's do another show together kind of thing. Uh, we met at the McDonald's in Del Mar, <laughs> very official. <laughs> And he kind of just brought this idea to me saying, what do you think about, you know, being part of our company as an associate artistic director? And it's not what I went there to, for. Um, I went there for the, the McGriddle, obviously. But well, <laughs> that, <of course. laughs> that and a nice little sweet tea. Um, but I went there for one thing and came out with an opportunity to share my artistic vision with Oceanside. Um, and it was a long process, obviously, like interviews and board interviews and meetings and stuff. Um, but that's just kind of how it happened. It, and then a couple months later, here I am. Shifting gears for just a moment to Teatro San Diego. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about their mission and your vision for Teatro? Our Teatro's vision is very uplifting and focusing on BIPOC artists and BIPOC voices as well as offering the arts to, um, I almost said Southern California, <laughs> Southern San Diego, um, and making sure that our voices are being heard and our, our voices are important and they're shared. And it's not just one specific, for example, it's not just the, the African-American voice. It's literally, I don't want to say that because I am African-American. Um, it's the, the full, um, what's the word I want to use? Encompassing all of the, uh, BIPOC artist communities um, and uplifting them and making sure that they're not being treated poorly. Um, it, it, the whole company started after the, the Black Lives Matter movement started in 2020 um, and the We See You White American Theater article came out. It was very obvious that we need to be part of the change. So we said, well, we're going to be part of the change and we're going to do it, um, as well as offering education opportunities to everyone. It seems like with, with Teatro and with Oceanside, you have this opportunity to expand the reach of theater, both in terms of you know diversity and also regionally. Yeah. Um, 
not that there isn't theater in North County, but adding to the theater landscape up there. Um, right. How do you look at that responsibility? It's a big one, um, but the opportunity to do more collaborations with Teatro and OTC and bringing our resources and using their resources, we don't, Teatro doesn't have a home. We are a floating around company, um, but OTC is very established in their literal physical space. They have the resources of that. Um, so to be able to bring in our voices, I keep saying our, it's really just teatro. It's not, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Um, to bring in the voices of the BIPOC artists that we have those resources uh, into OTC and kind of bridge bridge the gap in, in, a, in a way, um, or help bridge the gap, I'll say, it's kind of a beautiful thing to be honest it's it's really important for me as a bipoc artist to further my voice and my community's voice and other communities voices if i can help bring the opportunity to other artists i absolutely will without a doubt yeah and it shows it's i always say like in the reviews and and talking to david in the show that the companies that dedicate their time and efforts also to the youth and to the emerging talents. Cause there's a lot and you guys are showing us that. And that's awesome. I feel that there was this stage in San Diego where it was like, <laughs> blue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now you see all the, and it's, and it's surprising because then sometimes you're like, oh, well, you know, they don't have the experience. Mm -hmm. This is cute. Right. But then you're like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah. So that's that's really amazing, and and it's really cool that you're you're part of this effort and this work and bringing more and more. What what's next? What's next for you on on both sides and all the other sides? Ooh, all the sides. Uh, well, just to backtrack quickly, what you brought up about the youth. Um, our recent production of West Side Story was actually the age of the characters in the show. Our Tony and Maria were literally twenty and twenty one. Like that's crazy, <laughs> um, and they were incredibly talented um a lot of the cast was around that 20s young 20s age um and it a lot of people uh, after the show that saw it came up to me and was just like it's so real it's so raw it's so um delicate but like also loud and it's 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 amazing to see this kind of story be told with their actual age because they're they're super young they're you know going to high school and you know doing hanging out at the store and like all this stuff like people of that age actually did that so it it, it to have it be so young and be talented and do such incredible performances um i think is is a win for diacho uh and for them as well but as far as what's next currently at otc we are in tech for welcome to sleepy hollow um that opens october 6th and runs to the 29th and teatro we're we're figuring it out we got some ideas bubbling and some talks happening maybe a couple co-productions next year wink wink um, <laughs> um nothing set in stone obviously but obviously that's that's kind of what my job is it's just talking <laughs> all the time to everyone saying well what can we do how can we do this better um we just actually had a mini co-production kind of thing with disney live entertainment oh, nice. um this past week we held a audition workshop um with actual disney casting directors they came down and taught well this is what an audition is like and any questions it was a very successful event um and then we helped 
provide an audition, an, a literal audition um, with SDMT using their space under our name-ish, kind of sort of. Uh, and again, that just goes back to bringing opportunities to people of color and just people of San Diego, period. Um, it's, it's it, <laughs> I, I keep thinking about it. I'm like, wow, this is, this is happening. This is a thing. Like Disney called us. What the heck? <laughs> so... Before we let you go, Kevin, uh, are you content being the theatrical Swiss Army knife indefinitely? <laughs> wow, David, these questions, man. <laughs> <laughs> I decided I want to do this, you know, in five years and ten years. You're kind of taking it as it comes. I, I'm very uh, <laughs> open to doing anything. Like, who knows? I might become a costumer one day. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's not my thing. I mean, my fashion is terrible, but uh, to just be able to, to take on another job and the opportunity to take on something new um, is interesting to me. It's it's exciting, you know. Um, I don't feel like there is a one thing for me to do, you know. I think the having the juggling of doing choreo here, doing the direction here, performing once or twice a year, doing lighting, like it's it's the encompassing all of the things that I do that makes me happy versus just being stuck to one. Mm, yeah. Yes, you and I <laughs> have it in common. That's right. Yeah, I mean, if as long as you're happy and you can do it, why not? Right. Why not? That's another thing I think with societal, right, right. <laughs> you know, squares and things that people sometimes are like, but why? And you're like, but why not? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, yeah, Alejandra, you and I kind of have our own Swiss Army knife things going on too. Oh you? yeah, it's like I, just, I want less blades. <laughs> yeah, <more laughs> blades. I just want to, you know. I'm going to yeah, go like Brittany, boom, boom, boom. It's just like two. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, having less blades is okay. You know, mm -hmm. it, you, your army knife should be too many blades because then they get stuck together and then they start to break and then it just gets too jumbled. Um, that's yeah. the other thing that's like balancing all the stuff that I do is part. There's another blade that I have to figure out, <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Kevin, it's been a pleasure having you. Thanks so much for joining us on Downstage. We appreciate I appreciate it. it. Thank you for Thank having me. Thank you so much. Yeah. And shout out to Julio Cataño G also. Yes. And Meg Pierce over at OTC. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we'll be back after this message. It's time for trivia, everybody. The first trivia question today is, has any actor won both the Tony and the Oscar for playing the same role? Answer later in the show. But David, did you know that this commercial break is available for sponsorship? I did not know that. Well, there you go. So if any of our listeners would like to feature their company and or products, they can send us an email at info at sdcriticcircle.org with the subject line advertising in downstage. And we'll take it from there. We're back. <laughs> Part of... Part of our job as critics is to field uh, pitches from and have relationships with theater publicists who are uh, obviously out there and have special interests and work with us all the time. But this is a complex relationship, isn't it? It's very complex and it's very, oh, how can I say, um, yeah, uh, volatile. <laughs> At times, it's a, 
it's a, it, it depends on the personality, obviously. And I think it shouldn't. It, I mean, I'm on both sides of the coin here because I'm, I'm a publicist as well. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's the same thing as leadership, I believe, David. Like when you're, uh, you have a terrible boss, right? And you're like, oh my God, but why? And then it's your turn to be a boss or manage a team or someone. And you're like, why was this person a witch to me? You know, <laughs> um, I think it's kind of like the same thing. I see it that way. I feel like it's a job that obviously ha involves social skills, but it also involves flexibility and consideration. And I feel that sometimes that's not there. <laughs> and I feel that um, we, and I think we discussed some, some of this um, in a previous episode, you and I, but I feel that also, uh, there's demands for us sometimes that are a little, a little out there, right? That you're like, Hey, you know, I'm here. I do it for the love of the craft and, uh, I, I don't get paid and I, and I get paid elsewhere and I have to really juggle just like Kevin, <laughs> I have to juggle it. So please, you know, give me some grace. And sometimes there's, there's no grace. That's how I see it. There you go. My, my other podcast for you. <laughs> well, no, I, I think that it is an uneasy relationship just by definition, because one person is doing the journalist job and the other is doing you know, the business job. And they're both important. I, I don't deny that. Uh, as you said a moment ago, a lot of it has to do with personality. Um, everybody's different and that's what makes the world go round. To me, my only problem really with dealing with the publicity, public relations side of theater is when those representatives try, even in subtle ways, to manage the coverage, um, to dictate how you're going to advance a production, um, to um, complain, if you will, about the review. Um, I think there they've crossed the line between what should be a business-like relationship between the two. And I, I want to make the point here, and I, I'm sure you agree with me, at least in San Diego, my experience has been most publicists are not that way. I, I think the vast majority of, the, um, majority of them are very professional and understand that, that wall between the two sides. But let's face it, with theater struggling and everybody wants coverage and, and Everybody feels like they need good reviews to put people in the seats. You know, it's making the relationship a little more tenuous, don't you think? Yeah. And and yeah, <clears throat> with, with that said, um, I do love our publicists in San Diego. I think they're, they're great. Again, personality situations. But I also think there's a, a big vice, uh, David, and, and, and with the stroke, and you hit the head on the nail with that the struggle for coverage. I think that the vice is everybody looks for the bigger media outlet review or piece, right? And that just feeds the beast, let's say. And you and I have blogs and we've had comments <laughs> about uh, publicists saying, well, you and your blogs, right? When now it's so democratic. Media is so democratic now. We all get out our phones. You know, there's a reviewer in most of us. <laughs> anyway, when you get out your phone, like you said in the other episode about the tweets after a performance, 
<clears throat> so I think that publicists should bring more opportunities or more, again, grace to other media outlets that are not like the big ones, quote unquote, and the bloggers and the influencers and, you know, the nanos, which are people that have a smaller following because the hits are there, but it's, it's also, it's, it's both ways. So you have to give the credit because there's a coverage there. So respect the coverage as any other, like be democratic with that as well. That's what I have to say about that. It, it really, it bothers me really that I am treated differently because I am not of a certain media outlet. It really bothers me because I, I think everybody should be treated the same. That's I, what I have to say I about that. this with all due respect to the San Diego Union Tribune, for whom I worked for many years and for whom I still write. Yeah, that's why I'm saying it, <laughs> because we have you here, too. <laughs> but I also will say that a lot of people in San Diego who go to the theater read about it, especially reviews in forums other than the Union Tribune. Absolutely. And that's what I think what you're talking about, that yep. opinion and commentary on theater comes from so many different places. You know, in Los Angeles, it used to be that nobody could get any film coverage except the LA Times. I think that's probably changing up there as well, that there are all these people writing about film and reviewing film uh, across the media landscape. And hopefully, you know, they're a film town, we're more of a theater town. Hopefully that is being recognized by the you're, you're looking at me like it's not. I'm like, oh, David, don't call L.A. Not a not a theater town. They're coming for you, too. <laughs> They'll come for you. <laughs> All kinds of trouble in this segment. So I, thought, I thought talking about people misbehaving in the theater was going to get me in trouble. This is, oh, my God. No, yeah. Trouble too, you know, you're no, no. And uh, and also shout out to, to the L.A. publicist, I feel. Um, I've been getting a lot of love from them, and, and I'm, I'm very happy to go and see aside from the horrendous traffic, but <laughs> um, everything that they're doing up there. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's, 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 again, it's, a we're a team. That's how it, it has to be, you know, seen. We're, we're a team and we're working on the same goal here together, which is to spread the word on the work that you're doing. So, spread the word on what you're doing. Yeah. And that's our public service announcement for the, exactly. at least for the Before segment. you know, please. <laughs> We're going to take another break. We'll be right back. And our second trivia question for this episode, what is the play that has been translated to most languages? Answer later in the show. Welcome back. You know, as theaters right now, I think we've talked about this plenty, struggle to thrive and put people in the seats. One of the issues that they face is that choice of whether to keep offering established, well-known theatrical works that they assume people will keep going to versus offering new works, plays that haven't been produced before by perhaps new playwrights who need to get an opportunity. And I appreciate the difficulty of making that choice. Just how hard a choice is that, Alejandra? Yes, it's... it's uh... It's a hard one on its own, but then there's so many cooks in the kitchen <laughs> that <laughs> that also brings a debate to land on the decision of what to put on because people or companies are looking for the money makers. 
And especially because they're the majority of them are, are nonprofit. It's like, is this going to bring us money? So if it's a well-known work, then it's like, oh, okay. It, it's probably a guarantee. But at the same time, if it's a well-known work and it's a smaller company, it's like, oh my God, you know, are we going to have a live band? If it's a musical live band versus recorded music and all these things that influence the performance itself. And then the new work is like, are people going to like it? And we go back to the audience development situation and all these things. So it's complex. It's complex. I think that, and yeah, this episode has been very interesting. <laughs> I think that they should leave the creatives to the creative stuff. Right. And, and leave that. It's like, again, the cooks and the just leave, you know, the chef and his people to do the cooking that's it you know the maitre d and everybody else can stay outside of the kitchen <laughs> that's what i have to say about that <laughs> yeah i think the biggest outside but they're not really outside are these theaters board of directors mm -hmm. uh, who you know are responsible for the financial and largely for theaters large and small and you know they're understandably concerned about the bottom line um, and I'm sure artistic directors face this question all the time. Of, I'd like to do this play or new musical, but I have to be answerable to this board for whom I work. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it's easy for us to say, let the artistic side do what they want and not worry about it. But some of these people's jobs depend on ticket sales. And it's not as simple as that. Uh, for those of you who know the San Diego theater scene. I think some of our theaters have tried to strike this balance, and I, I don't know the don't know their books and how well they're doing. But one that comes to mind, Alejandra, is Signet Theater in Old mm -hmm. Town. Uh, Sean Murray's the artistic director. Signet seems to do a pretty good job of staging the so-called old war horses, and and then also bringing in new works. And maybe they figure that the old war horses will make enough money that they can break even or worse on the new works. And again, without knowing their financial situation, I can't swear that that's true. But I do look at them as you do and attend their productions and kind of admire the way they try to do a mix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Someone please bring war horse back, by the way. <laughs> that's a hard ass. <laughs> It's a hard ask, but uh, yes, and they're closing Evita this weekend, which they extended, and that made me very happy. I'm like, oh my god, I'm I'm glad that all these people are getting work, and it's getting uh, the praise that it is. But um, going back to the again, the artistic versus the board, there's a mission statement, and if the people know the mission statement well, there shouldn't be. It, it, let's say a conflict for lack of a better word. And if you follow that and because the boards have done this, like, hoppa, like I, let's say again, for the sake of the example, uh, that's why theaters are struggling at this point. Again, an audience development is situation because it's all looking at the green bills, right. Instead of, 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 of really the, the artistic. So it has to be a balance and there has to be a hefty conversation, but it all has to be led through the mission and the values. A lot of people are like, oh, mission and values is just like, you know, this requirement that you need. No, 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 no. 
that's that's the thing that that you follow and that's what helps you to do your press releases to do your your that that that's how it goes it's just like a corporate thing and it needs to be treated as as a business and and i think we lose the way a little bit and that's why where we were at right i mean we're not perfect we don't have our theater companies we are viewing it from the outside but but i i think that that's part of it and mission statements you know they tend to be idealized uh, just by the definition of what a mission statement is. But if you're going to willfully say our season is going to be a mixture of old favorites, see, I changed that for War Horse, <laughs> to, to, you know, new works, then why not just say that so that at least you're true to your mission statement and you can somewhat deflect the criticism that you and I are kind of leveling without identifying a specific theater. Uh, you make a really good point. That mission statement is there for a reason. Absolutely. That's, you know, it's your guide and, and that is how it should go and the people that should be there. Speaking of War Horse, it's never oh, been released right. in San Diego, to my knowledge. I mean, like I saw it in Los Angeles. It was maybe, did you see it in LA or in New York? I saw it in, oh my God, I wish. I saw it in Costa Mesa. Oh yeah, that's what South Coast Rep did it, yeah. Mm-hmm, it's never mm-hmm. been done down here, so. Mm-mm. Let's bring Warhorse. Now there's Warhorse, a, please. <laughs> that's not a new work, so we're actually asking you to bring. Something. It's not an easy work either, but oh, it's so beautiful. It's just Spielberg so made a good film out of that too. I don't know if you saw his. Film I cannot it. bring myself to watch the film, David. I am like a flowers and puppies kind of gal. I can't watch like blood, animal suffering. I can't do that. Warhorse because it's puppets. And still, I couldn't even breathe. Like, I was like, <laughs> gasping for air while I was, like, bawling my eyes out. <laughs> yeah, the film, believe me, is is a real tearjerker. You know, bring yeah, your, I cannot. Bring your hanky. No, no, no. I need more than a hanky. <laughs> my, my heart cannot. 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 No. <clears throat> well, it's been fun today, hasn't it? And you're right. Very enlightening episode we've had. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, these guests, <laughs> it's like a match, right? They're like, bloop, <laughs> and then <laughs> the fire for the rest of Yeah, of thanks the to Kevin Blacksboroughs for joining us. We really appreciate that. Um, and for you to, for your, Alejandra has kind of assumed the role of producer of this show, which uh, I really am grateful to you for, because I know it takes a lot of time to, identify people and book them and get them to commit and et cetera, et cetera. So, well, oh, thank you so much. And I salute you as well, because, you know, we, we are a team and David also does like the rundown of how our show is going to sound like and, you know, what we're going to talk about and kind of mold it out. But I also have to give a huge shout out uh, to our board at the uh, San Diego Theater Critics Circle. Um, you know, Erin Marie, Pam, Cassiopeia, they helped us so much brainstorming and uh, helping me also kind of like it put everything in a row and it, it's great. And I, and I love that because again, we're, we're a team. It's not just like a one person thing. So... I love it. I love the dynamic that we have right now for the podcast. It's like, it's really going and, and people are, you know, commenting when we go on the, 
on the opening nights. They're like, hey, you talked about this. You said that. And people are reaching out. So also, as long as we're extending a laurel and hearty handshakes <laughs> or blazing saddles. Hilarious. <laughs> Always a saddle like for me. <laughs> we also have John Wesley, who is the, who is the, uh, you know, the technical producer of these podcasts without whom we couldn't do these. So you don't see John if you're watching this, but. Uh, yeah. And then John also gives us the love on social media and that's really cool. So you give us the love on social media too. <laughs> those likes and those shares, you know, help us out a lot. So there. All right, everybody. Thanks again. We will see you next time on Downstage. See you at the theater, guys. All right, here's the answer to our first trivia question today. That is, has any actor won both the Tony and the Oscar for playing the same role? The answer is, it's actually happened 10 times. Most recent to do it was Viola Davis, who won a Tony for her role in August Wilson's Fences in 2010, and then an Oscar playing the same part in 2017. And the answer to what is the play that has been translated to most languages, the play that has been translated into the most languages is Les Miserables. It is a popular musical based on the novel of the same name by Victor Hugo. And the musical has been performed in numerous countries and translated into over 20 languages, making it one of the most widely accessible and internationally recognized theatrical productions. And we're having it in San Diego. There you go. <laughs> Downstage is a production of the San Diego Theater Critics Circle. Co-hosts David Cotton and Alejandra and Ciso Tardashi.